Good evening and welcome to Mind Your Business. This is Frank and Tanika and tonight is Sunday Reflections and we are going to be talking about bold faith and how bold is your faith. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us tonight. If you have any questions or comments, you can put them in the comments and we can talk about that. Um, As always, we will open up with prayer because we will follow up with scripture. So thank you, Father, for allowing us once again for being in your presence. As we come to you tonight, we open up our ears and our hearts so that we can worship you in truth and in prayer. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to just come to you and be in your presence. Lord, allow us to be able to hear what thus says the word of God so that we can understand what it is that we should do concerning your word. Let us know what it is that you want us to do so that we can take away an understanding and be refreshed and renewed in your word and in your will. And on this day, we thank you for all that you are and all that you continue to do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. All right. So. Sunday school lesson was really good today. I got a lot of good takeaways from it. So. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Sunday school was about, it was called Assurance of Victory Over Death. And it taught us pretty much uh, how can we live a life to where we don't have to taste death. So when Adam and Eve was in the garden, they were they were not supposed to ever feel what it was like to to have to die. They were created uh, man and man and female, and they were they were given everything. They was given the garden. They was given uh, dominion over the earth. Everything was handed to them. All they had to do was uh, be obedient and obey the the one rule. So it's it's funny how we have so many now, but it was just <laughs> one rule that they had to adhere to, and they they their curiosity, I guess, and listening to the wrong people and and whatever you know you how you want to put that got them uh, in a situation, and they would have to see what it's like to die at that point in time. And that went on for for years until God intervened. I mean, we have to look at also back in Adam and Eve. It was it was God's greatest, one of His greatest creations. It was something that He loved and He cherished. It was uh, they was fearfully and wonderfully made. And then when the enemy tricked them into eating uh, from the tree. It was one of the things that God hated the most. So now you have this dilemma. You have this scenario where you have something that God loves so much and hates so much all in the same being at the same time. So the devil is really clever, too. You see, when we say things in church or when you say things in life, when you say God will make a way out of no way, this is what it's talking about. I mean, and we have to realize that there's no scenario in our life that we go through that. Uh, he can't uh, maneuver around and figure out because he's that he's that resourceful and he's that uh, that uh, that amazing. 
So you got a creature that is is us, and once you get sin in us, and once something like that happens, you can't just take it out. You really can't um, just dispose of it that way. So we have sin in us that that the enemy tricked us into eating the apple, and Adam actually ate some of it too. So you got sin in both of these creations that he loved so much that was he was proud of. This was uh, something that he done. He created. Uh, you know, heaven and earth, and then he created man to, to to subdue the earth, and he created Adam a helper, and he was he was proud of that. He was he said it was good. So you know, it was it was something that he was proud of himself of doing. But then when you put sin in something like that, it seemed like it was something that was destroyed. But years down the line, and a lot of people call Jesus the second Adam and stuff like that, but. Years down the line, he had a plan all along to figure out how to free us up again to where we're back to being these uh, creatures that can be back reconciled to him and be in uh, communication with him. Even though he never left us or forsake us, even though we were these people, we still was getting blessed all, all along the way, all the way up from Adam and Eve. Even when Cain uh, killed Abel, he still pretty much gave him a blessing and said he wanted his journey, but I mean, he still always watches over you, even when you're technically not right. Mm -hmm. So when uh, he, uh, what he did to be able to get sin out of the sin to not be uh, something, because it, the kind of guy that he is, he can't, he can't really, he can't lie. He can't really switch around. He can, he can do whatever he wants. He can create whatever he wants. But there's certain things that when he mandates it, it has to stay mandated. So if we were his uh, greatest creation and he says that sin is something that he does not approve of and is something that he does not deal with, that's what it is. You know, he really, if he, if he switches it around, it would make him, it would be him changing his mind on something that he had already mandated. And sin is something that he cannot, uh, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to deal with. And a lot of the reason why he doesn't want to deal with it is because the fact that um, the fall, even from before Adam and Eve, when Lucifer left, if he was to deal with sin like that, it would basically be turning around and say, well, I need to deal with him too. Right. I need to, I need to bring him back and give him an opportunity to be uh, technically right. reconciled to, right, right. but he wasn't able to be reconciled. So it's, what the devil does is say, okay, since you won't reconcile me, I'm going to put this sin inside something that you love too, and that you said is your greatest creation and see what you do. So it's kind of like the devil thought he was pitting, it seems like the devil thought he was pitting him on some kind of uh, uh, test. And that's the same thing they did when Jesus came down there, he was always testing him. Mm -hmm. But you're going to test God, like say, okay, well, um, since you won't accept me back, I'm gonna put this inside your uh, your your greatest creation to see what you do, because I know you love them. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna have to accept them back. But you know, but instead, what God does is uh, He outmaneuvers him years down the line, and He sends Jesus down to die for our sins, and that's how we're reckon back reconciled back to Him. And but it it, it uh, when the devil thought he was crucifying Jesus, he thought he was getting rid of right uh, the Savior. He didn't realize that. He was beating him at his own game from right, years ago. Right, and and he was conquering. He was right. conquering death. So this assurance of victory over death is like back then you were supposed to live forever, but now when Jesus came and died for our sins, 
we have the opportunity to live forever again. And it's not so much the flesh. Everybody is caught up on the flesh. It's not the flesh that is living forever. It's the spirit that gets to continue to live uh, forever. But we can have eternal damnation or we can have eternal life for Jesus Christ. So there's two different ways that we can go. And everybody knows living in uh, turmoil or living in a, a time when uh, there's no justification, living in slavery, living in anything that's not peaceful and beautiful is not really living at all. So technically our spirit lives on anyway mm-hmm. from what it's from what the, the word says, but we want it to live in eternal life, not in a place of eternal damnation. Right, right. And that's how we get to live forever. So if we are in Jesus Christ is what it says, we get to live forever. We don't really taste death. I mean, the flesh might leave. You might leave uh, uh, this, this flesh body might go to a, a resting place, but you spiritually get to live forever. When you're absent from the body, it says you're present with the Lord. So we get to experience eternal life. Yeah. And how do we do that? We do that by having faith. And we have to have a strong faith. And that faith is a belief in the one who died for us. Mm-hmm. Because you you can't just say one thing and then not stand behind it. And so when I was thinking about this reflection tonight, I started to do my research. And so in Hebrews 4.2, it says that the Israelites of Moses' day illustrate a problem facing many, but they do not know him. Oh, it says the problem facing many who fill our churches today. They know a great deal about Christ but they do not know him personally. They don't combine their knowledge with faith. Let the good news about Christ benefit your life. Believe in him and then act on what you know. Trust in Christ and do what he says. Mm -hmm. And so in that, you know, Christ gives us many promises and he he tells us of these things that he's going to do. And like you said, from the beginning of time, with Adam and Eve, he gave them promises and he told them what he was going to do. And so he has to make that promise come true. He's going to stand on those promises that he told us. And so when, whenever he tells us something, we have to be bold in our faith on that, knowing that he told us something. So we have to be understanding that he's truthful in what he says. So he's faithful in what he says. So we have to believe that. And we have to wait patiently because, no, it didn't happen right then and there in Adam and Eve's day. But like you said, he continued to bless them throughout those generations until Jesus came back and went to the cross. Even to this day, he continues to bless us. And even though it may not be in the way that we want to see it or even the way that we expect to see it, He continues to bless us daily and regularly. But the thing about it is, how bold are we in expressing our faith? You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we hide the fact that we are even Christians. Sometimes we deny the fact that we are even in the army of the Lord because we don't know truthfully what that really looks like in showing the body of Christ, you know, because, right. because we, 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 we dumb down ourselves so much as, as far as who we are in Christ, because we, we don't know. 
we don't know how to express that. We don't know how to how to really show that that relational side of it. Right. Like you you know how to be intimate with 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 Christ and have your relationship with him, but you don't know how to transfer that over and show that with others. You think that's just something for yourself. And so you, it's something that you're supposed to express and to show to others. And so when when you are expressing your faith and your belief, it's showing that Christ is working within you to do his will, not your will. Right. And so you can't operate on what you want to do. You can't operate on what is going on inside of you and what you would do. Because there is a verse that says, if if this was coming for me, and, and I'm just um, paraphrasing, if, if I was doing what I want to do, then I would do this. Mm-hmm. But this is coming from the Father. So that's why I'm doing it this way. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so you, you've got to stand on your faith. And that's why Jesus was able to go to the cross because of his faith. And he had to have a bold faith, even though his expression was to go and to pray and to um be in the presence of God and to hide himself away and to call out and to go to him and to say, father, <laughs> you know, to, to cry out. And, and how often do we do that? Right. How often do we shout Thanksgiving? How often do we sing praises? How often do we, do we testify and show those emotions and, and those expressions of our faith? Right. Because we sometimes are intimidated to show Christ's love. And why is that? I don't know. I think um, a lot of people are just conditioned in a lot of different ways. They see it as, uh, they see it as, it's just training them as growing up. And this is what you're taught. A lot of people, have their own um, ways of why they think things are transpiring in their life. But I mean, it's technically uh, blessings uh, from God. Yeah. I mean, everything is from God. And so it says right here, God desires to bless his children. And so if that's the case, why can't we believe that? He wants that for all of us. And we we often tend to think that we have to suffer and we have to go through these things and we don't have to go through anything and we don't have to die. We can live, like you said, the assurance over death and that's life. And, and if we come boldly to the throne and if we make our confessions known and if we testify before man who God is. He answers our prayers. He opens doors. He makes a way out of no way. He justifies us. And so, I mean, Mark 9, 24 says, God help my unbelief. Now, the thing about that is, that's a bold statement right there because what you're doing is saying to God that I do doubt. And earlier today you said, we all have a word. And what is that word? At some point, all of us 
have come to a point where we have been put in a position where we aren't believing like we should be. It's a scripture that tells us how to ask God to help For us. more faith. And, and God will give us that. And that's, again, being bold in what we need from the Lord. And, and we, if, if we are intimidated as Christians to come to the Lord because we don't personally know how, then there's scriptures that tell us how to come closer to him. God, help my unbelief. God, help me draw nearer to you. God, help me to have more knowledge. Help me to have more wisdom. Help me to have more understanding. Help me to be more like you. And, and let it be your will and not mine. True. I mean, we have to realize that uh, what we're up against, I mean, it's, everything takes some kind of training uh, when you are in this this realm and you're in this world and everybody's first instinct is to go to what they seen uh, their neighbor do or their brother do or their daddy, their mama, grandma, grandpa, or that's what they see on TV, what they see in the school, seen different things we're out on a constant business. This is what we think is reality we our physical eye, we tend to what be on this on this level just like people say we're not war war okay she said we were I just keep going we're not at war we're not at war with uh, with flesh and blood. So if you're not at war with flesh and blood, I mean, uh, that's not where we should start our battle plans at. That's not where we should uh, take our uh, our uh, anything that you're trying to accomplish. We shouldn't start at a level of fleshly thinking. We should start at a level of mental and spiritual. And that's a lot of times, uh, like people say, like we, what what is spiritually in you is going to come out on the outside. What's mentally from you is going to come out on the outside. We don't we're 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 doing things backwards, just like anything that we see that's around us right now. It had to be a thought first. I mean, the houses that we're in, the cars that we drive, the 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 buildings that we go into, all these things were thoughts and plans laid out, and they were built at a later time. But everything is mental. So anything that we're doing in our life and anything that we're going through, anything that we're trying to accomplish, it's all spiritual and mental. And any time we even react to uh, some of the things that we go through, we we tend to act on uh, a fleshly level opposed to mentally, what's the best avenue for me? What's the best spiritual avenue for me to react to this? What's the best way to, uh, to counteract this? That way I get a blessing out of it. That way it's it's beneficial for me. But a lot of people they react basically off of uh all the flesh uh tendencies like uh uh fight or flight or anger or uh 
something they they seen daddy do. I had a friend when I was growing up, and his uh, his dad used to beat his mom, and he used to tell me this story all the time. Like this is what I grew up seeing. My daddy was a drill sergeant, and we used to travel all all over the you know different states because he was stationed in different places, and that's what he seen. So as soon as he got a girlfriend, that's the that's the basically what he what he tried to result to. That's all he really knew. You know what I'm saying is what he's seen, and and even though he it hurt him to see his his mother go through that, that's what he knew to do because that's right. what he's seen. That's the same with us. We have to in any in any situation, we normally handle them the way what you resolve back to what you your your default settings and what you see growing up, and we have to be able to get into the word and see uh, what he says about the matter. And see, and that's how the enemy usually plays you as well because he knows how you react to things mm. how you used to do things but when you are a new creature in christ the situation is different how he how he handles the situation is different than how you would normally handle it and so the things that you used to do you don't do anymore and, and that's the difference in when you have faith opposed to not having faith the way you you um, look at a situation and the way you know that God will take care of the situation based on your faith opposed to not allowing your faith to to be to to let your faith rest in it I guess right. I should say and I'm thinking about when when um, Mary and Martha was waiting on Jesus and saying you know if you were here when our brother passed away he would still be here if if he were if you were here and and Jesus was talking to them and asking them the questions or, or whatever you know and and he was just saying to them i am here i i am the resurrection cuz Martha was thinking well i will see him one day but it'll you know it'll be later on and like you said from the beginning of time god had already started setting up something and so they had faith and they they had a, a bold faith they was bold enough to tell Jesus, if you was here, we believe if you were here, our brother would still be alive. But he said, I am here. I am the life. I am the, resur the resurrection. Right. I mean, we have to, <laughs> we have to realize that uh, this, this faith that they've been saying, they've been talking about since Abraham. Abraham was uh, the first that he uh, credited to that and we mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to get the same thing that he the uh that he was able to get but he uh he told abraham since you believe me i'm going to count it to you on, as righteousness right righteousness is uh where we're trying to get because this gives us uh a pass from a lot of the things that we do in life it gives you because abraham wasn't a perfect person abraham would go into different um, cities and, and say that his wife was uh, his sister or it was his maidservant because she was so beautiful that he was scared that um, they were going to kill him to be with her. Right. So Abraham did a lot of different stuff too. But Abraham, when he, the fact that he had faith in God and the fact that he believed in God and the fact that he was obedient when he told him to go uh, uh, get rid of Isaac, yeah. he counted unto him as righteousness and said, you're, Children will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. So, I mean, we have to realize this faith is a really uh, deep thing. Um, also, when Jesus went and healed anybody, he would say, your faith made you whole. Right. When he healed blind Bartimaeus, when he healed the lady with the issue of blood, 
he would always say your faith made you up. He would uh, also, when he went into his hometown, when they pretty much kind of rejected him and saying, ain't that the carpenter's son? We don't, we don't, we don't see him as the Jesus that everybody else sees him mm-hmm. as because we know what he came from. That he wasn't the same thing. They didn't really have the faith that was needed for him to be able to react. And also in the story with Martha and Mary, Martha, uh, it says here that uh, even though she came to him with sorrow and regret and maybe a hint of disappointment, Jesus never rebuked her. Instead, he responded to her with kindness and, and comforting truth. So the, uh, this was uh, Martha. Martha came to him in a sorrowful way, in a regretful way, in a disappointment way. And normally, dealing with God and Jesus, they want you to come to them boldly with enough faith that you know that they can turn the situation around. But it's a good thing to be a friend with Jesus Christ. Because what a friend we have in Jesus. That's the difference between Martha and Mary. They were friends, and Lazarus was, uh, they were good friends of his, and they knew who to call on in a time of need. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know who to call on when you don't have this friend and when you're not, when you don't have a relationship with him. But the fact that they had this relationship, they was able to call him. And Martha, even though in her time of bereavement and maybe not the, the proper faith that she needed, Jesus went ahead and, um, didn't really hold that against her. And the same when Mary came to him, Mary dropped to her knees. She didn't really say anything, but she dropped to her knees. He seen her in a time of need and he seen when she was, uh, the fact uh, dropped to his feet gave him another inkling that she believes in me. Mm-hmm. But, and he started to cry with her because he felt her pain. So it's really important that we have a friendship and we have a relationship with him because he can feel our pain. The Holy Spirit feels our pain. He can search us and he can search God and find the things that can help us through God. And he can search us and, and moan and groan on our behalf and, and say some of the things to God that we might not be able to say on our own. So that's what the relationship is all about. We can sometimes, if you don't know him at all, you, you can still pray to him. You can come to him at any time the door is open. But the fact that you do have a relationship with him, praying and uh, and just opening your mouth and being able to try to talk to him, he knows what we need. And the the story here with, uh, with Martha and Mary is uh, evident in that. And what she was saying, um, my wife was saying about uh, what uh, Martha and Mary were saying, they were saying, if you would have been here, you would have been able to save our brother. But we know who you are. And later on down the line, when the resurrection happens and you come back to uh, get all humanity that believes in you, we'll be able to see him then. We'll be able to see him at the resurrection. And he stopped it real quick and said, no, I am the resurrection. The resurrection is now. So that's what we also have to believe is that he can turn any situation around, anything that we are going through anything that seems like a dead situation. And we we are in a time right now that we are not seeing people being raised from the dead, but there are there are dead situations in our life that he can resurrect right now if he chooses to and if we have enough faith in that. And that's what we have to get out of this, this lesson and uh, this story. And also looking at um, the fact that he is the resurrection. He says he is the, re- the resurrection. He says, I am the life. He says, I am the, the bread of life. He says all, all these different things. And even God said he is love. So when we hear these things, we think of this uh, 
this term of that is outside of them. Like they are, God knows how to show love and, and Jesus can bring the resurrection. Jesus can bring life, but it doesn't say that. He said he is the life. He is that. It said he is the resurrection. It says God is love. And that's what we have to be able to realize uh, in our own life. We were talking in Sunday school and saying that, what do people say about you? What do people say? Who do they say that you are? When they see you walking towards or when they see you come around the corner, when they see you entering into a room, what is the first thing that comes to mind uh, that people think about you? We have to, and we, I believe that everybody has a word that people associate you with. And that's what we have to look at as being Christians or anybody. And I'm a firm believer that, I don't want to keep talking, but no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that uh, it's not about sitting in the church or being uh, the Christian that everybody tells you it needs to look like. It's not about uh, this perfect walk that people can see on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. It's not, a, it's not about if you're an alcoholic. It's not, it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a drug dealer. It doesn't matter if you are on, on drugs. It doesn't matter uh, what you do in life. Those are the people that Jesus came down in and talked to most of the time. He, he got upset with the Pharisees and the scribes and the hypocrites. So it's not about, it's not about anybody is better than anybody. It's truthfully about what's your word? What do people say about you when you come around? Even if you are uh, one of those things and you're doing things wrong, what, what is your, I know people that do things that people uh, would consider terrible, but they have good hearts. They have good spirits. They take care of people. They do the right thing other than that one thing that they do. And that's how the enemy wants to get you. The enemy wants to make it where that one thing that you do or that one thing that you did five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that's who you are. But that's not who you are. Who you are is what you believe in and what you carry around with you all the time. And the closer that you get with him, to him and uh, with him, the things will start to turn around. You'll start to become different. And some of those things will start to fall away, but don't let the things that you do in life hold you back from uh, recognizing who you are. That one word that you are is, are you a loving person? Are you a giving person? No matter what you do, no matter what you do on, on your day job, what are you on at any given time? What are you consistently? I know all kinds of people that uh, like dabble, dibble, dabbling other things of growing up in my lifetime, but they might've been loving. They might have been giving. They might have gave. They might have given you their shirt off their back. They might uh. They might go out of their way to make sure that you're comfortable or that you that you're okay. They might take care of uh, a best friend's uh, mother that uh, son might have passed away. What kind of person are you really? What's your word? Because Jesus asked them, "What do you, what do what does people say about me?" And they said, "Well, some people say you're a liar. Just some people say that you're a madman. Some people say <laughs> that you're." Uh, you're a, one of the prophets. And he asked Peter, he said, who do you say that I am? He said, I, I think that you're the son of God. And, and he told Peter that you're, you're, there's no way you could have known that. 
unless the father told you that. So there's always these one word things that carry on with you because the disciples were no different than a lot of people in the streets. He, Peter was the rock. Thomas, they called him Doubting Thomas. Uh, I think it was Mark that was the tax collector, which was considered uh, a money changer. A money changer. It was considered a, a good profession to have at that time, like some of the things that we do in life. Mm-hmm. So what is what are these words that carry on with you? And the Bible says that uh, words have the power of life and death. Yes. So whatever that one word is uh, that you have, and that one word that you consider yourself, and the one word that people see when they see you come in, and that word that resonates with, are you, are you nasty? Here comes such and such with the nasty attitude or with the foul foul disposition or whatever it is that, that, might, that one word might be. Words have the power in life and death. And whatever your word is could be the difference between your eternal life for God mm. or your eternal damnation elsewhere. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing with the disciples. No matter what they had, they had that faith to believe who Christ was. And so even though they were doubters, they were disbelieving on some levels. They still had the faith to believe who Christ was. So what is your faith? How bold is your faith? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you just see him on occasions? Do a, a little bit of a drive-by, wave, maybe wave every now and again, honk the horn and smile? Or do you stop by and really engage in a deep conversation? Do you invite him in and sit down and have a cup of coffee? Does he stay all night? Does he live with you? Because he lives in our house. He, he's here 24-7. He's always here. And that's that's the kind of relationship I'm talking about. He's connected. I know where to find him. I don't have to look too far. And sometimes we can feel disconnected and be in the same house. And 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 sometimes we can feel like the communication is just not there and we're in the same house. And, and and sometimes we can feel like we are at a distance and we're in the same house. And that's okay because there's always time that we can get back reconnected. There's always time when we can come boldly to the throne of grace and we can ask for help. There's always time when we can be reconciled and reconnected. Because God has desires for us and he wants to be with us and he wants what's best for us. And so if if we have the faith of a mustard seed, then we can move mountains. And, and that mountain can be anything. It, it doesn't have to be a mountain that that is actually a mountain. That mountain can be anything that's in your life that seems like it's too big for you to get out of the way but if you just believe just a little bit that you can get it out of your way with just a little bit of faith you can do all things through christ who gives you strength 
if you just believe, if you have that connection, if you have that relationship, if, if you know how to call out, if you know how to express, if you know how to knock, seek, and ask, and if you don't, then you need to talk to someone who can help you get a better understanding, get a deeper understanding, get a better connection, because the time is now. There's no time to be playing. There's no time to be wasting any longer. And it doesn't matter what people say or think. This is serious. This is so serious. God loves us and he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have everlasting life. And when Jesus left here, he gave us this. And that is to go ye forth and make disciples out of others, baptizing in the name of Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we need to be doing. And you don't have to be a pastor and you don't have to be a preacher or you don't have to be anybody that's speaking in tongues or well-connected or highly favored. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to be someone that loves because God is love. And if you haven't loved, then you're not anything. And God gave us that commandment to love him first, love your neighbor like you love yourself. He is love and he is God of all. And he just wants us to love one another and be connected. And so the good news is that if we can just go out and touch one another and we can just spread that and letting them know what is going on, that he's coming back. The Redeemer lives. He is the truth. He is the resurrection. He's come to set the captive free. Show your faith. Yes, Carolyn, I know you got mustard seed faith. I know you do. And see, and that's the thing. People, people hold that back. They don't want to tell what, what Jesus has done for them. You don't have to be ashamed of the gospel. It is so many Christians out there and we have to come together and we, we cannot deny what our father has done for us. We have to come boldly. We have to stand up and we have to let it be known what he has done, who he is. These people stand up and they come together and they march and they do all kinds of things for less, for less. For idols, they idolize. And where that's going to get them? It ain't saving their souls. It ain't getting them into heaven. It ain't redeeming them. It ain't resurrecting them. It ain't doing none of that. But guess what? The one who saves will save them too. And what do we do? We stand back and, and turn the other way like it, it, it doesn't concern us. And then we think that all we have to do is just sit and wait for him to come. Well, if that's where our faith is telling us to do, then continue to do it. It said, my people who are called by my name, and, and I know you've heard it, humble yourselves, turn from your wicked ways, call out. It's an order to that. It's an order to that. 
and it's so serious and i'm and i'm just so sincere right now it's so serious what we have to do the time is now and we have a call and a duty we can't be so busy caught up thinking that we've got things to do when we only have one thing to do and that's be about our father's business and so whatever that is do it you know what it is nobody can tell you what it is but you know what it is because we all have been called to do something and whatever that thing is it's inside of you that burning desire that god put inside of you he gave it to you so don't just let it fester let it manifest because the gift that god gave you he will give you all that you need to be able to make it make room for you so just have faith in that and believe and be bold in your faith and don't let nothing and nobody let ever tell you that you're not good enough you're not important enough that you're you're nobody because you are somebody because god made you in his image and he loves you and he wants you to know that and he wants you to be the best that you can possibly be so continue to keep going don't give up no matter what's going on right now God controls this whole thing and he can turn it around just like that. So get prepared and get ready and count it all joy and just be bold as a lion and be meek as a lamb and know that God, the very same God that resurrected God, that resurrected Jesus that sits on the right hand side of him right now, is coming back to do the same thing for you. So have faith and have hope in knowing that. That's good. That's the truth. I mean, um, the the mustard seed is uh, interesting because in real life, the mustard seed is the smallest, one of the smallest seeds that we have. And if you drop it on the side of a mountain without any soil, it will grow on the side of a mountain and it will start to split the rock it will start to move the mountain. It won't move the whole thing like a <laughs> uh, smoky mountain. It won't, you won't see it disappear, but a, this, this mustard seed will start to split the rock that it grows on. So we can see what Jesus was talking about mm-hmm. when he uh, gave that parable. And it's the same thing um, in the, the scriptures that when he told Martha, she came to him um, uh, crying and uh and a little bit of disappointment that he wasn't there but we have to he he excused that for her we have to realize that when we do come to god we have to come to him boldly and come bold like a lion it says the righteous are bold like a lion we have to realize that we are trying to get to a righteous standpoint because of uh jesus going to the cross it's it's kind of uncanny to run around saying that you're righteous because it looks it sounds like you're being arrogant when you say that because nobody really is righteous because we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. But it says when Jesus went to the cross, he transferred his righteousness on us and he became sin for us. So we can't dismiss these scriptures and 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 pass them off like they don't mean anything because when he went to the cross and died for our sins, that righteousness was passed on to us. 
we're right. We are righteous if we have Jesus Christ as our representative, and we have to be able to see that. And when we do that, we can come to God uh, bold like a lion because of the righteousness that we have because of Jesus Christ. It's not because of anything that we've done. He died for us yet, because even though we were sinners. Yeah. So we can come to him in a little bit different than how Martha's coming. You don't want to come to God as uh, if you would or if you if you yeah. can or if you see fit. I'm going to ask you to do this, but uh-uh. I know you probably won't. I know that you, I don't even know if you can help me no, out of my situation. But you said that you would. <laughs> he swore that he was going to bless Abraham. So we have to understand that he will do the same for us, that we can come to him boldly and ask him things in a in a confident manner, yes. in a in a in a bold manner, and ask him uh, to deliver us from whatever situation it Thank is or whatever you, thing we might be going through. And we have to, we just have to uh, to believe in that. It's the same thing that, um, on the cross when the man said, "If you the other guy wants you uh, once you get us all down from this cross," but the other one said, "If I know who you are." Remember me um, when you get to your kingdom. It's all about the words that we say. It's all about the confidence that we say. We can't say negative things. We have to speak life. We have to speak positive things. And he told the one that said the positive thing, I'll remember you in heaven. You know, he didn't have really, I don't know if he even responded to the other. So, <laughs> I, what do so, I need to respond yeah, to? There's nothing to respond to. And that's the same thing we have to realize when we come to him and we say crazy things like that, or we <laughs> say something that's off the wall, he might and not he even respond. respond. But when he, you say something that is from the fruits of the spirit, and you say something that's loving, and you that's say something true. that has faith in it by the fact that I know who you are. Remember me when you get to heaven, he'll, you'll get a response. You'll get a response when you come to him in faith, because faith is what gets them to react. Faith is what gets God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit to 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 jump into action and we have to be able to. So now if you think about it, if you go and ask him crazy questions, you ain't going to get no answers. So if your prayers ain't getting answered, you might want to rethink how you're wording it. See, it's not, it's not what the man on the cross said. He said, if you are, if you are, so it's not about, it, I know it's, not, who are. it's not about what he said. <laughs> yeah. That's how he it's said the it. disbelief yeah. because he could have said, um, uh, um, I know your God, get us down from here. <laughs> but he didn't say, I know your God. He said, yeah, if, if, you you are, are, if you are. That's disbelief. But the other one said, I know who you are. And remember me when you get to your kingdom. So we see the difference in the yeah. disbelief and the belief. Yeah. And that's how we have to come to him boldly. That's it. And the one on the cross, it was pretty much a bold statement because I think he was the, the main one yeah. that was really wrong out of the three. Because <laughs> Jesus was in this. Yeah, and I don't. I'm, it doesn't, I don't remember necessarily what all three of them did, but it, it doesn't. It didn't even matter at that point in time. It was the belief in the faith that he had that made Jesus uh, give him that kind of response because he's a he's a faith he's a faith based uh, savior for us. He yeah. is faith. Yeah, because that's how we're saved. Right through faith. Through faith, we're through saved. Faith, we're saved. So, anytime we come through to Him through faith, something has to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah. So, and also in this, uh, we go going back to what your what what is your word? Um, I was talking about what is the word that people describe you as when you walk in the room and when you walk in the house at home and 
uh, here comes mama and here comes daddy, here comes my child or my son or my daughter or my grandchild, even as little kids, we people give people nicknames, we give them <laughs> words and we put you know, so we start to realize what their personality is based on how they act. So what is your word? We got to realize that uh, he changed Saul's name to Paul because there's a lot in the name. He changed Simon to Peter and he called Peter the rock. So, you know, sometimes in the scriptures here, if they wasn't the person that he needed them to be, he would change their name mm. and change their circumstances and change their uh, their destiny to be what God intended for them to be. Mm. We got to see here in... Um, uh, it says that Abram was, it said God promised Abram countless offspring in Genesis 15, but Abram was still childless at 24 years later at the age of 91. While people lived uh, longer back then, Abram lived to be 175 years old. 91 was still relatively mature and certainly uncommonly uh, aged for having a first child. To bring this miracle to pass, the Lord had to get Abram's tongue into play. First, so God changed his name to Abraham, which means father of multitude. Abraham and everyone else were, in essence, forced to speak Abraham as father of multitude every time they simply referred to him. And thus the promise came to pass. So every time they mentioned his name, mm. he, it meant that he was the father of a multitude. So the things that we say and that we recite and the things that we believe in and we think in start to become life. And by changing his name, started to uh, bring a different um, persona to Abraham and things started to change. Also, it says, um, every Abraham and everyone, uh, it says, another example is the old covenant priestly blessing, which blessed people. Uh, the priest would bless people and God would in turn bless the people. Here's how the blessing went. It said, the, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how, you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep mm -hmm. you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. To bless uh, means to speak positive words that have a productive impact. So we know that God will put names in place the way they will, because a lot of the Israelites were supposed to have his name in their name anyway mm -hmm. like uh yah uh, sarah and jeremiah and mm -hmm. uh, isaiah so yah was supposed to be in all their names that way anytime you mentioned it it would it would just bring automatic blessings but now that was a little bit of the old testament we see now that we have jesus christ and it's based on faith it's not um necessarily just a name but uh, he came down to fulfill the, the law. He, he is, is the, the name. name. Yeah, he is the name. <laughs> he is the name. You know, Yeshua or whatever, you know, the the different name, the Hebrew names that they call him, but he is the, he's the difference now. We, long as we have him as our progenitor and, uh, and, and believe in Jesus Christ, he, he, he uh, checks off all the marks for us. Absolutely. He, he is all. And so again, how bold is your faith? Where is your faith? Do you have that faith? Having faith in Christ says it all because he is all. He is love. And if you have that faith in Christ, he can do it all. And so having that faith in him is just having that belief in knowing 
that he can do all things and change all things. He can give you hope and a future. He can turn your situation around. He can make all things new. Anything and everything is possible when you have faith in Christ. And so if you have faith as a, of a mustard seed, or if you have faith as bold as a lion, Christ can make it possible. But you got to have faith. Doubt my faith gives me Jesus. When I'm sick, my faith gives me Jesus. When there seems to be no way, my faith gives me Jesus. When I'm weak, my faith gives me Jesus. Faith is Jesus. There was no faith before Jesus. You said because of Abraham having faith, God counted it righteousness. But before that and after that, until Jesus, there was no faith. He is all in all. Jesus is it. And so if you don't have Jesus. Well, see, I mean, I don't even want to say some of this. Just here, say but, it. Just but honestly, the, the scriptures really say Abraham uh, believed in God. And he was going to be the father of faith. Well. So <laughs> with the fact that we say faith wasn't really in the world until Jesus came, but Abraham was counted on him the righteousness because he believed in God and he did have faith in God, but he said Abraham was going to be the father of faith, but that means he was going to be the lineage that Jesus Christ was going to come through. He said that he was going to bless uh, his seed, and but we didn't, we, it wasn't talking about necessarily Isaac. It wasn't talking about Jacob and Esau, even though he blessed all them, the seed was, uh, that was to come was Jesus Christ. And we went through David and Jesse, we went through all of them, but the seed that when Jesus came, he was, Abraham was the beginner and the start of this lineage that Jesus was going to come through. So faith is, uh, really came about and really became strong when Jesus came on the scene, because we keep going back to Galatians 3, when the law was introduced at the same 430 years after Abraham was given the promise. He was given a promise, and 430 years later is when uh, the law was given on Mount Sinai through Moses. But during that time, uh, we were the scriptures were pretty much locked up. We were held in custody. We were in uh, the law was our guardian that was guarding us, and we were pretty much held in. Uh, in like a jail cell or in custody, we were we were guilty. But when Jesus came on the scene, it pretty much got us out of custody. And that's when uh, I, I say the term uh, when you're in court, it says that uh, in, in in light of new evidence, case dismissed. Hmm, because you, when the Galatians, when he came on the scene, we were broken free from that custody because he went to the cross for our sins and he delivered us from this law because he fulfilled that and he delivered us from our sins. So. Jesus Christ is way more than we give him credit for. If we read the scriptures, we'll see how deep this stuff really goes. But we just say God is good and Jesus is our friend. But it's a lot that he did. And he's been doing it from the beginning of the Bible, all throughout the Bible. But this is when he actually came on the scene and actually shed blood for us. So the blood never fails. This blood mm -hmm. is the living blood. It always will keep its power. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, that's a reflection. That's a word. And I know that, again, sometimes we doubt. 
Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we have pain. Sometimes we have affliction. Sometimes we have trouble. Sometimes we have fear. But wait, Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. But don't fear. I've overcome. So keep the faith. Hold on. Don't let go. Don't give up. Have hope in the Lord. Count it all joy. And know if you continue to pray and draw nearer to God, he will draw nearer to you. And eventually your relationship will get stronger. And you will continue to grow in Christ. And he will continue to grow in you. And your faith will get stronger. And you will be able to walk to that throne bold and with such vigor. And your worship will get stronger. And, and you will just be shouting and just, you won't be the same. And I'm telling you, your testimony will be different. And it won't matter how it looks. Because your walk will be different. And your talk will be different. <clears throat> And, and the way you think will be different. Your attitude will be different. And you still have some good days, a lot more good days. And, you, and you'll have a few bad days. But your good days will definitely outweigh your bad days because you know who's fighting for you. So recognize, examine yourself. Check and see where your faith is. How bold is your faith? We got two minutes. What you got? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't got nothing, you're good. No, I mean, the, uh, I was just thinking the only thing um, that's stopping us from realizing what we have in, in Jesus Christ is the enemy hmm. that plays with your mind and plays with your belief system, thinking that you're more inadequate than the, what what God is telling you. If we want to believe in this righteousness, the only thing that is different from getting out of the boat and walking on the water towards Jesus and sinking into the water is the fact that is the belief system. And the enemy can force you into believing that something is not good enough and something is not powerful enough and Jesus is not powerful enough. God is not powerful enough. And it can trick you into thinking that uh, you're not good enough to be able to get these blessings from God. But the, the, the devil's a lie, is what it says. And we are we are his children. And when we do the things that he asks us to do, when we are in a loving state, because God is love, we are, his, we are his children. When we follow his commands, we are his children. When we follow the commands of Jesus, we are his children. And we, we have a friend in Jesus, he will go uh, out of his way to come and try to help us. Actually, when he went back to help Martha and Mary and to raise Lazarus, he had just left from running from the the Pharisees and the scribes that was in the tabernacle was because they was trying to kill him. But he went back anyway, because there's nothing that can stop you from the love of God. There's nothing or that can stop him from walking um, through the storm when um, him and the Peter and the disciples was in the boat to save uh, the people that he loves. So we have to just realize that, that we are um, his children and we do have an opportunity to see that we have a, uh, the right to get supernatural blessings and um, carry this righteousness that he wants to pass on to us. If we can believe that, if we can have faith. Yeah. So 
have faith and remember be bold go boldly to the throne of grace and in your time he will help you always remember never forget you were created with a purpose god bless you thanks for watching Hello, 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 everybody. It's Tanika Steens, and this is Mind Your Business, and I am your host. And today is Fruitful Friday, and I just wanted to come to you real quick and see what it is that you are doing today to be fruitful. Well, one thing I can tell you you can do is call a friend, check in on them, and see how they're doing. Call them and let them know that you're thinking about them, and just see how they're feeling today. Let them know that you care about them, that they are somebody, they matter, and that you just wanted to let them know that you love them and they are important enough for you to check in on. Another thing that you can do is just take some time out and reflect on this year. Reflect on how far you've come. Reflect on the things that you've done and the things that you like to do. Take out a pen and a paper and write down some of the things that you've accomplished and write down some of the things that you've liked to accomplish. And then think about what it is that you don't wanna do anymore. Write it down and then mark it off your list. Then take some time, sit back, and just smile and thank God that you are still here. Today is Fruitful Friday. What have you done to be fruitful? Remember, you were created with a purpose. Now, go ahead and be great. Have a blessed day and go and love somebody. Make it yourself. God bless.